Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Healthy Happy Creative with me. That is Maddie Curte. Um, we are approaching, we are on the slide to Christmas right now. It is the Monday before Christmas of 2020. And um, personally, I'm ready to get this one over with. Um, I am no Grinch. In fact, I usually love the hell out of Christmas. But quite frankly, this year, having a tiny Christmas, it is a-okay with me. Today, this is our regular Monday podcast, um, which usually gets recorded over the weekend. But this weekend, I was busy doing some other stuff and kind of watching a comment stream, kind of thinking that I was going to do this. Um, so I mentioned on Instagram, on the healthy, happy, creative Instagram, um, quick plug there, come over and visit me. I would love to see you there. <coughs> Sorry, it's early morning still. Um, that I was in um, yesterday, in fact, I'm still in one of my weekly 48 hour fasts. And um, so my fasting schedule pretty much sets that I do daily fasts um, of 22-ish hours, something like that. And um, so I'm eating one meal a day right now, a really fulfilling meal, love it. Um, it solved so many of my problems and we'll get back to that. That's really called the one meal does often referred to as OMAD. And um, we'll get back to that. So, but my weekly fasting really looks like um, 22 hour day fasting with a two hour eating window. And then once a week I do a four hour fast, not a four hour fast. What am I thinking? A 48 hour fast that runs from Saturday at about noon. So we eat our meal noon one somewhere in there. We eat a really amazing meal. Usually has about 2000 calories. Um, and then uh, we don't eat again until Monday at about noon, and that's today. So today we're eating at um, noon. Actually, I'm on my way to the grocery store right now. Um, we are having keto enchiladas. So delicious. Um, so we will be doing that. And um, then once per quarter, I do a um, 100 or a, a mostly pretty much because it's really kind of 96 to 100 um, fast. So that's a four day fast. And then maybe once to twice a year, a much longer fast. And I mentioned this in the post that um, as people who do serious medical fasting, so it's really fasting at that point. It's not intermittent fasting, although it's intermittent because you do start again. It's not like you're never going to eat again, um, of seven to 10 days. All right. Um, this brought up a lot of concern for some people that I was exhibiting disordered eating. Um, and I do not want to make light of disordered eating. Um, disordered eating of all sorts is really, really important stuff to take care of. Um, so you don't want to um, be willy-nilly about that. And when you um, 
see friends and family and especially um, most often women, it does happen to men sometimes, um, who are doing binging and purging or anorexia or any of those things. Those are important things and um, to take care of and have medically evaluated and treated. So I want to be really clear right here. I am all on board for that. Medical fasting and intermittent fasting is a different thing altogether. The fact is, is that we have been programmed by marketing and the media. The fact that uh, the thought, the fact and the thought, it's not actually a fact, it's really a thought, that our bodies need food at least six to eight times a day with maybe some snacks in between. And the truth is, is our bodies don't need those things. At most, our bodies need three meals a day. All right, three solid meals a day, and preferably without a whole bunch of carbs in them. Because the reason that you, dear listener, if you are not, a faster or a keto person, the reason that you are hungry again two hours after eating a big spaghetti dinner is because your big spaghetti dinner is full of carbohydrates and carbohydrates burn fast. Our bodies are like race cars when it comes to carbohydrates. We burn them fast and furious to the point where we don't need them anymore in our bodies because our body's like oh nope that's enough but since you have a lot of extra spaghetti there your body is like i will take that and i will convert that to a lipid and convert that and store it as fat carbs do not process in and process out in the way that other things do carbs our body is super super adept at rebuilding them. Think of them as like Legos. Our body can take apart that Lego contraption that you have fed it in the form of carbs, take it apart into little bits and store it in the form of fat. It's just super easy for it to take apart. It is what it is. And it will do it in a heartbeat. All right, so it does not care that <clears throat> you are eating carefully or that you're eating whole wheat pasta or any of those things. If it is carbs in it, it is happy about it. All right, so as people who do keto and intermittent fasting, we switch over to a model that teaches our bodies how to utilize fat both the dietary fat that we eat to run on and also to go and eat and take care of that body fat that we are carrying from all those carbs from all those years that we ate even when we ate lots and lots of healthy and can you see me making those air quotes all those healthy carbs all right so if you are somebody like me who spent a lifetime, literally a lifetime, ingesting a lot of carbs. In fact, I was just talking to my husband about this yesterday. 
my childhood breakfast. Okay, so I'm I am I'm coming up on 53 years old next month. So my childhood breakfast, or I should say, like my elementary and high school years, um, consisted of instant breakfast, tang, and pop tarts. Yes, folks. The collective shudder. Yeah. And that was considered good for you. Tang had all those vitamins and the astronauts drank it. So why shouldn't us? The instant breakfast was full of calcium. And that Pop-Tart was fortified with all kinds of vitamins. So it was considered and marketed as healthful, quick ways to feed your family. And, quite frankly, my mom bought into that. All right? So that was, I spent a lot of years. And from then on, I was all over it. I ate it all. When it caught up to me is when I was pregnant with my first child. Um, I would start getting the shakes. Um, There was actually, if I go back and look now, there were a lot of things actually that happened before that point. Um, that I can go back and look at that were pointing in the direction of hyperinsulinemia. Um, but the one that really kind of knocked me on my butt is when I was pregnant, I started getting low blood sugar. Uh, probably because my body was really busy actually burning calories to build another human. And so since I was so carb adapted, if I went more than two hours without eating, I would get the shakes, I would get the sweats, I would get all the things. So it was no surprise whatsoever that when pregnant and they did my blood glucose test, um, I tested as gestationally diabetic. So it turns out I probably was really much closer to quote unquote real diabetic to being a full blown type 2 diabetic. But they just considered it type 2 um, gestational, or, or I should say gestational diabetes at the time. And I was just told, you know, to cut out the juice and stuff like that. So I have a long running history, and I have organs that are full of the impact of all of those years. And I don't even consider myself that I was a crappy eater. Um, my, our home for the last 30 years has not been one that has junk food in it and stuff like that. But um, we definitely ate pasta and rice and all those things. And I also continued to suffer greatly between having a rampant form of type 2 diabetes, a really, really, really stubborn form where I was taking 144, 160 up to 200 sometimes units a day of insulin to keep my blood sugar down at a level where I was still having an 8, a 9, a 10, an 11 A1C, even with doing all those things and totally keeping up with the supposed American Association Diabetic Diet. Yep, was not helping me a bit. Anyway, so I made this change. And um, I brought my diet down to a very low-carb diet. I eat somewhere between 20, maybe 30 grams of carbs um, on a regular day. And also, I fast on a regular basis. That fasting um, is what is helping my organs recover 
from years of sugar stored in them. Tons of glucose storage, fat storage around it. We talk about fat being packed around the organs. That is mine even after 50 pounds of weight loss. I still have that. So I am working on that. So this all ties back to the fact that I talked about that um, I do regular two hour, two hour, geez Louise, two day fast during the week and then occasionally, like seriously occasionally, maybe twice a year, something like a seven to 10 day fast. Seven to 10 day fasts are um, best if they are medically managed. Um, just so that you're keeping up with it. You also a lot of times wear a glucose monitor during that time. So you know exactly what your blood sugar is at all times. You are taking large amounts of fluids in along with electrolytes and magnesium. It is a medical process. It is a process meant to extend your life. This is a great contrast to those who suffer from anorexia and bulimia and all the other food and disordered eating that has to do with body image and it has to do with what we see out there. Yes, I lost weight. I lost weight because you cannot stay fat and cure type 2 diabetes. I'm just going to lay it out there. You can't. You might be able to medically control it for a certain amount of time, but let's be really honest. If we were good at medically, with drugs, with added insulin, if we were good at doing that, we would not have the epidemic proportions of type 2 diabetes that we have in our population. You want to argue with me? Go right ahead, but I want you to go out and I want you to get the numbers. I want you to look at the numbers of people who are going blind every year. The people who are losing a limb. The people who are can't walk because the swelling in their legs, because their veins, because they have so much neuropathy. It is an epidemic. And we have proven that we cannot medically manage it in that way with drugs. So, while a whole lot of doctors, admittedly, are not on board, hell, pharmaceutical companies are not on board with it, because, let's face it, insulin and diabetes medications are a billion, 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 trillion, billion, probably trillion, really, dollar industry. They do not want you to be better. I hope your doctor wants you to be better, but I'm going to guess that your doctor knows nothing about low carb or ketogenic eating or fasting. And I'm going to go so far as to say that I bet your doctor is actually fat. Lots of medical professionals are. The stress in their lives for both nurses and doctors is tremendous. I have an amazing, especially for nurses, their life. Good Lord, those people give their lives to it. So staying fit is really, really difficult because food is a comfort. Let's be really honest. 
when we are little, if we are upset, what happens? Somebody gives us a cookie. If we're tired and we can't go to sleep right then, somebody gives us a bag of Cheerios. We relate our stress and our distress to food. And that's one of the big things I've had to do. I have had to break that bond. And that is something that I'm really excited to help other people with, is breaking those associations and learning other ways of dealing with those feelings because eating is not getting us there. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for caring about me but my eating's not disordered. It is a very conscientious action on my part to regain my health, to have a healthy A1C, to have gotten rid of my neuropathy, to fit in clothes that are not never of a never um, of an expanding size every six months. I am regaining my life and that is what I want for you. So, if you would like to talk to me more about this, please come over and join us over first at the podcast. Obviously, you're there right now. On the Instagram page, Healthy Happy Creative. And also, if you want to be in a community of people who is exploring these ideas with me, come over on Facebook to Healthy Happy Creative and ask to join. We, um, pretty soon, January, the pro version is going to go live. And so you, um, as people in that community, are going to have uh, first dibs at the spot there. We're going to have a limited number of spots because we are going to be doing um, some intuitive uh, meal prep. We're going to be doing a course on intuitive meal preparation in the keto style. And we're going to be talking about some uh, weekly and monthly coaching to work your way out of this situation. So this is for people who are really serious about keto and fasting. And most especially for those who, if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, type 2, type 1 is a totally different ball, okay, people? Type 1, that's a totally, it's really kind of a shame that they have a matching name or a similar name. Um, This is for people who are um, working through type 2 diabetes, early pre-diabetes, or are worried about it. If you're there, I want to give you words to help you go and talk and partner with your doctor. I want you and your doctor to become besties in how to treat this. And I want you to get rid of the hangry, the shakes, all the things. Okay, guys, I am on my way into the grocery store. We've got another keto grocery shopping trip planned. And um, you can check back in. That's going to be on Instagram probably this afternoon. Until then... Thank you, everybody. I love you to death. And what I want for you is the best health possible. And I want all your dreams to come true. So thanks for being with me. Sorry this one was a little bit longer, but I think it was worth it.